Ever catch yourself eating the same flavorless dinner three days in a row? Dreaming of something better? Well, HelloFresh is your guilt-free dream come true, baby. It's me, Kiki Palmer. Let's wake up those taste buds with hot, juicy pecan-crusted chicken or garlic butter shrimp scampi. Mm. Hello Fresh. Stop dreaming of all the delicious possibilities and dig in at HelloFresh.com. Let's get this dinner party started. Ready to pop the question? The jewelers at BlueNile.com have got sparkle down to a science with beautiful lab-grown diamonds worthy of your most brilliant moments. Their lab-grown diamonds are independently graded and guaranteed identical to natural diamonds, and they're ready to ship to your door. Go to BlueNile.com and use promo code LISTEN to get $50 off your purchase of $500 or more. That's code LISTEN at BlueNile.com for $50 off. BlueNile.com, code LISTEN. Hello, welcome to the Sister Sister Podcast. I'm Candice Brathwaite and each week I'm welcoming a guest to delve into lessons we've learned the hard way so you don't have to. Let's do this. Today's episode is all about hair. Well, I should say hair and other things because the conversation just goes on into this brilliant thing. And I'm talking with Rachel Ammer, and she is a dancing cooking powerhouse of vegan inspiration. Her food is hearty and delicious, full of the flavors of her Caribbean and African roots. Rachel's fans, she has over half a million subscribers to her YouTube channel and more than 200,000 followers on Instagram, love her realness, her sense of fun and her passion for showing people that vegan food doesn't have to mean you compromise on taste or texture. A new mum, Rachel has spent the last year in London writing her most accessible and delicious book yet, One Pot, Three Ways. It's out in August and available for pre-order now. Thank you so much for joining me on today's episode of Sister Sister, where we're going to be talking about all things hair. And I have to admit, I'm really going to let you lead on that conversation more than me because everyone knows I don't have enough hair to really be talking about the conversation like that. But um, first and foremost, how are you? I'm good, thank you. I've been rushing around like you, so I'm feeling flustered. But I'm also really excited to be here and to be talking with you because... You're such an inspiration to me. I've been reading your book, which I love, and I think is so important, especially the chapter on hair, which I'm here to talk about with you. So um, thank you for having me. <laughs> How are you? How am I? I am, um, girl, you know this, because I know you've got your second book coming out soon, and you forget, like, it's always like, you're just really happy to be working and to be given these opportunities, but you forget just, like, how much it takes over your life at some point, and how, like, writing the book, for those people who think they want to be authors, I swear to you, writing the book is the easiest part. It's the easiest bit. It's then like promo and approval and promotion and like getting all your ducks in a row. And Rachel will know this all too well, especially when you have a child or children, like the ante is just up. So I'm feeling a little bit chaotic. 
yeah. to be honest blessed all of that hashtag gratitude but still like I feel a bit you. chaotic to be fair I find for myself I get yeah. as well quite <laughs> nervous about the actual like oh now now people need to buy the book <laughs> and that's where I suddenly go oh wow yeah we've got to, we've got to get those sales in sweetie we got <laughs> the book needs to be a success and that's where I feel the pressure but it's all good stuff <laughs> literally so guys please buy both our books it's really really <laughs> helpful um first and foremost Rachel to, no no Rachel they know I have no shame they know I have no shame I don't come on this podcast to dilly dally swipe up to the pre-orders find the things thank you yes <laughs> first and foremost babe um what has your journey with your hair been like it has been a emotional roller coaster love that song by the way it has been absolutely crazy I was um oh where do I even start I've had conversations where we talk about hair if we go back to the beginning we have little Rachel who's got her hair and my mum actually used to texturize my hair when I was very young and I, I was known for having really thick hair loads of hair and um, I was an absolute tomboy. So all I did was play football, climb trees, get sprained. So I was just the active kid with this hair. So my mum texturized it and that was kind of the easy way to maintain it. I just had two ponytails and that was it. And then I got to like primary school and I, I remember I got braids and I got like blue braids. But in my primary school, I was the only black girl in my class. So it was always very very clear that my hair is completely different to everybody else's and as a girl that wanted to play football with all the boys and not stand out as a feminine girl I was always kind of just trying to hide my hair and just be tomboyish and my personality took over and I just kind of tried to ignore the fact that my hair is insanely different no one understands it the swimming hats aren't my friend it's just, it was just like you're completely different but no one talks about it. So just get over it and pretend everything is fine. That was kind of like how it was. And then I feel like we had a similar experience in secondary school where I remember the time I got my hair relaxed, the creamy crack. <laughs> oh my goodness. I came, it was year, I was in year nine and I came into school and it was like I, I was a whole new woman. Oh my goodness. <laughs> The boys in the year above suddenly saw me. It was like, mm. who's that? Mm. <laughs> oh, is that Rachel? Is that what you're doing now? Like, it was like this whole, like, coming of age. She's relaxed her hair. Everyone's touching my hair. Oh, my mm. God, your hair. Look how nice your hair is. And that was one of the most short-lived little moments <laughs> of my life. Because what does that creamy crack do? Destroy your hair. <laughs> <laughs> it's so backwards that like all of a sudden I have this thick looking straight hair that fits the European standards and I'm super buff because I've got this straight hair and then all of a sudden my straight hair gets shorter and shorter and thinner and thinner and it's like where the hell did my hair go <laughs> and then after after that that little that episode I went into the weave I was weave gang it was so wow. um yeah, I went straight to the weaves. And it was really interesting because I, in winter, I'm very fair skinned. So there was always this expectation from boys that you have um, curly hair. They're like, oh, yeah, mm. but you've got curly hair because my hair would be in braided or weaves. Mm. And I, I almost would just let them think it because 
to them that meant, oh yeah, your your natural hair is nice. But in my hair, yeah. I've got four C hair. I hate my hair. I've been conditioned mm. to hate my hair from a young girl. The only mm. way I'm conditioned to accept my hair is if I chemically texturize my hair, which damages everything about me. So okay, yeah. I think I have that that good hair, and then that is another self hate message, which meant no one saw my hair for years. I just hid that away in weaves upon weaves upon weaves mm. my hair got worse and more brittle more fragile more frail my scalp was unhealthy it was unhappy but it's okay because you know why I had that Lauren London middle part people said I looked like I was in the music videos <laughs> and I was hiding it and I was hiding my hair and it I found it really interesting in your book you were taught um in America, was it your your auntie? Well, yeah, your auntie, yeah. To to that your hair is good, and that was such a um. Now, like speaking to a lot of like a wide range of black women, I didn't realize, or I've not had to think about how important or empowering that was. Even writing about hair in Sister Sister, um, it was like an out of body experience because I quite literally have not thought about my head in almost twenty years. Mm. I've had a shaved head for 17 years. Like, I don't yeah. think about whether I'm 4C or 4A. I don't, yeah. I'm not even going to sit here and lie to people. I don't even think about the condition of my scalp. I'm like, mm. I hope the Dax is doing something because <laughs> I, I don't know. Like, at the most, like, I'm going to give you some waves and a head tie. But outside of that, yeah. I didn't have to, like, think about my hair until writing Sister, Sister. And no, wow. let me not lie, until I had a daughter. Mm. until I had a daughter and I was confronted with the reality of looking after her 4C hair which I absolutely cannot do I am that mum that I cannot cane row I can just about deep condition I was like oh my gosh this is and I don't mean to use this word to make women with 4C hair feel any less of themselves because I too am that woman but it felt it was it's really difficult I don't have yeah. another word. It's really difficult. As far as the products that are pushed to us, it's expensive. It's time consuming. A lot like you, Esme is the only girl on the football team. She's mm. also the only black girl, not just in her class, but in her entire year. Wow. So okay. she don't have time for all of that. She's like, what do you yeah. mean? We need to spend four hours doing a deep yeah. condition and a blow dry. Now we've got to grease the scalp. Like every, <laughs> yes. in like one, once a month, I just have to dedicate a Sunday to tears and tantrums because she's mm. like, I didn't even sign up for this. And while she hasn't said it yet, I can't lie to you, Rachel. I'm waiting on the day where she's like, oh, I just wish I had a blonde ponytail because... Yeah this feels like it's a bit much. So hearing you say these things, it does genuinely pull on my heartstrings because the reality is 4C hair is the strongest. 4C hair, when when cared for correctly, is the most robust and it can bust the most styles. But we're just, it's just not sold that way. So it's not sold that way and it wasn't taught. Even my mum, so my mum's mixed race, yeah. She has 4B, 4C hair, but mm. her mum's white, so she's grown up with a lady who clearly has no idea. She had no idea how to do my mum's hair yeah. at all. So yeah. my mum built herself hate for her hair naturally mm. and wanted to put it away. And she, she was relaxing it through her whole, like, 20s plus. Mm. And so when I've come into her life and I've had hair, she's done the best that she could and what she's learned about her own hair 
but she can't really teach me to love my hair when she hasn't even learned to love her own hair. Yes. And she hasn't even learned really how to do her own hair because that was never that was never taught. You go, you can go to and do a degree, you can go and study hair care, but you're not taught about different Afro textured hair. So it's mm-hmm. a complete minefield. You don't see it on the TV. You can't go to a shop and learn how to take care of your hair. You're just sold the cream crack. So yeah. <laughs> it's yeah. really hard to to change that. And actually, one of the really amazing things that happened for me is. I I think after union I was doing all my weaves and my hair just got like awful. Mm. I the natural hair care movement became a thing in America and it was I was just so curious. I was like, what Rachel, your hair that the hairdresser said was too thick, too mm. you had too much. I had this thick, beautiful hair that I didn't realise was beautiful. And I have mm. no idea what that looks like anymore because I've yeah. just ruined it for the last 10 years. And I was so interested in like, what even is my texture? What, what, I know my hair used to stick up and I used to find that annoying, but now we're learning how to moisturize hair, how to comb mm. hair, detangle in ways that doesn't pull your hair out. Use combs that are friendly to our hair. So what does my hair look like in that environment? But I was too nervous, I was too scared because men boys were attracted to me having my weaves and my straight hair so I was like I'm gonna lose I don't know my identity if I'm not in weaves I don't I don't know who I am in that hair I don't think people are gonna find me attractive I think I've I've learned that that isn't an attractive type of hair to have Mm. I don't see it in magazines I don't I don't know where I fit in and I went traveling and I've had this conversation with my mum she does nutrition and healthcare and she she was still relaxing her hair and I you know talked to my mom and I was like mom like you really care about what you put in your body that you're still relaxing your hair and she's like yeah, I know. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> and then I went away for six months and she came and greeted me at the airport and she cut all her hair off and she did wow. a big chop mm. and I one I was at the airport obviously I haven't seen my mom in six months I was excited to see her but then the second side of me was like oh <gasps> oh my god mom (laughs) like oh my god you've just cut off I was just like in awe and admiration at a lady who was in her 50s that was taught to hate her hair and was nervous to see her hair and been relaxing it for like 30 years to suddenly go you know what I want to feel liberated I want to find my natural hair and she just cut it all off and started again and that for me was a big just wow moment and inspiration for me to not be afraid to uncover my own hair because my mum did it (laughs) yeah yeah and it's like and it's that reminder of like it's hard to be what you can't see that's just the reality and I don't I I try not to put my mouth in these online conversations because I know people may be like, well, what do you know? But it's like, I do see a lot of black women heavily dependent on wigs and weaves. So not just from a protective style angle, but completely dependent on them who are with their whole chest saying, oh, you know, but for my child, it will be different. And I'm Mm -hmm. like, oh, sweetie, that's just not how it goes. Our children, especially, and I hate to be that one that divides by the sexes but especially our girl children they are looking up at you thinking every single thing you say and do more do than say is the gospel so when they see you completely bereft because your hairstylist can't get the 62 remy in and the closure or whatever (laughs) like 
they're not just going to be like, it's okay, mummy, just wear some straight backs and go to work. They are going to internalize that. Oh my gosh, if mum feels like she can't go to work or, you know, she's not as confident without these attachments, um, like how does that make that child feel? So it's really interesting to literally hear like your mum was your inspiration for just being like, oh, I literally have to go back to my roots. I think that's really lovely. Honestly. And what is amazing is she'd she'd always had that feeling that her hair wasn't nice and, and good. And I would say to her, I'm sure your hair is nice. I'm sure your hair is thick. And this was like, I don't know, seven years ago. And right now at my mum's age, her hair is thriving in all its mm. glory. And it's like, we keep having a conversation and we're like, when she was relaxing, her hair would always break at a certain length. Like it never really flourished, obviously, with putting these harsh chemicals and yeah. now it's just being itself and it's beautiful and it's mm. she's almost like gosh I wish I'd done this sooner like, I'm glad I've done it and it, it is like you lead by example my mum is an inspiration to me and her doing that whether or not she thought it was gonna help me it massively massively helped me and you, what's also awesome to hear you be so honest about is and I say this in sister, sister, obviously from a completely different angle because I'm a darker skinned black female, but you have a hair type that is not necessarily associated with your skin tone. Yeah. And that like, what's so trippy is as, as horrible as the world can be to dark skinned women with 4C hair, I cannot imagine the discombobulation of like, Your your facial features and your skin tone says one thing and in a lot of ways meets a beauty standard and then yeah. the hair that you feel you need to hide doesn't. And so it's like, oh my God, I, I can't show them I have 4C hair because yeah. then I'm not the Lauren London. I'm not the yeah. pretty one. I've, I've, never, I've never had a conversation with someone about this. So it's absolutely fascinating. <laughs> but, also heart- no, but also heartbreaking. Yeah. Also really heartbreaking to think that, you know, you still in another way didn't meet the beauty standard and you kept your natural hair hidden because of that it's like it's just it's a reminder about the strongholds of white supremacy and the male gaze and the patriarchy and the beauty standards and how even if you are for lack of a better word which you're not but if even if you are the lightest and brightest of them all there is another way these strongholds can pin you in and you're just like right that's something I need to fix or change and I just think hair is the first angle they catch little black girls at you walk into that hair shop and you see a very cute girl on the PCJ box and you're like oh my hair doesn't hold a bubble like that like what's going on do those little twirly little <laughs> the edges and stuff I remember as a teenager I was vexed I was, and everyone expected it of me and I was like my hair doesn't do that I put it in and my hair just looks at it like what's happening we're not moving we're not budging <laughs> please girl don't let me start <laughs> girl I know the feeling and I see Esme now and like the woman that does her hair when she does her hair she does lay her baby hairs yeah. and her hairstylist is like oh make sure you keep up with that and I say yes and then I just laugh because I think keep up with what like Esme's gonna play one set of football the baby hairs yeah. are gonna be sweat out and yeah. also 
I don't want now her laid edges to be another thing we police black women by. Yeah. Because yeah. now it's not like, oh, you have to wear weave. It's like, yeah, you can rock your 4C hair and big up the natural movement, but her edges don't. Her edges yeah. went. And I'm just like, so thinking of that, I'm, I think from weaves to wigs, perming to extensions, black women's hair continues to be heavily policed. Has there ever been a time where you've either been told or made to feel like the way you've chosen to wear your hair is not correct? I've, I've felt it in so many different ways. More as an adult, there's like two main points that spring to mind. One was my office job. Where I was mm. the only black woman there. And I remember the first, I, I um, did my interview with a weave mm-hmm. and um, started out in a weave. And then I went and got my hair in box braids. And I remember walking in the office and it was one of the most uncomfortable moments of my life. <laughs> <laughs> and I remember I walked in and it felt like everyone was staring at me. And I just sat and sat down mm. and um, everyone was just talking about my hair. And I just wanted, I wanted just, just, just to hide because it was, it, it's, it's funny. You can't, you can't talk to me about hair now because I've been triggered my whole life. You just can't mm. even, even now. So when I wrote my cookbook, my first cookbook, I was doing the faux locks and I, I was mm. so nervous about being on the cover of a cookbook with faux locks and yeah. how many people wouldn't buy my book because wow. they would look at my hair and go, Ugh, oh, that's messy. Oh, that's wow. natty. I even have a, had a friend who was drunk that said it to me as a joke. As a joke, I'm I'm doing my fingers right now as a joke, mm-hmm. and it's like, wow, like that was that was cold. <laughs> You're well, my friend, I'm, and you just yeah, my don't, like, I don't want to. I don't want to rock the apple cart, but I hope that ain't a friend no more because you know them ones that when they're drunk and they say things in jest, yeah, yeah. I become very sober, and I'm like, yeah. oh, wow. really? Mm. Like. Anyway, let me not start. <laughs> <laughs> so there, there was that on my book, and um, that was hard for me. I remember even going on ITV this morning and doing the cooking, and I had my faux locks. And again, I'm just, I'm just so self conscious about what in in areas where I'm with my friends, with my black friends, in my mm. comfort zones. I love it, but when I'm suddenly in an area where I'm the minority, I'm just second guessing what everyone is judging me for on my mm. hair because I get the questions I get the people pulling it touching it is this real is this yours and, and oh. it just makes you it makes you you ship like shudder and I even recently I, I shot the cover of my new book and um mm. I had a baby so I lost all my edges so I my hair at the minute is just in a pony yeah and um I remember I went on set for the cover and there was the question what are you doing with your hair and my hair was done right I'd done my hair and it was like, to any normal, like, European standard of hair, if someone said, oh, what are you doing to your hair? That's probably the most normal thing to say. Oh, I'm just going to have it like this. But saying it to me as a black woman that's been through so much with my hair, I'm mm. automatically like, what, what, are you talking, what are you talking about? You're talking about my yeah. hair. Like, that's how I feel. I won't, I won't say it, but I'm, I'm, I'm triggered inside and I feel uncomfortable and I hate it. Mm. And it's a shame mm. that I have to feel that way even to this big old age. I have to recognize and be like don't be triggered by that Rachel just move forward from it (laughs) no do you know what like recognize it but also like leave room for why we do feel like that and we are in these situations because I think I'm like I'm not a journalist but I know I saw a couple days ago they refused to like let Olympic swimmers 
wear special swim caps for Afro I saw hair. That. Yeah, outrageous. That got, yeah, they that got pushed back on. And then just this morning, an article sent someone sent me an article. Um, only now do uh, British hairdressers have to be trained in Afro hair. Like that has just been made a thing as of today. So it's no. like, whoo. God. It's, it's insane. And you know you, you have to pay more to have your I my hair. Heard. Yeah. I have to pay more in normal salons because of my hair texture. Even I, though my I, hair I, might not be as long as the straight hair, but because my hair texture is different, I'm categorized as someone who has to pay more money to get my hair done. That is absolutely insane. And do you know why that cuts even deeper? Because I will light our community up and say, it's not like we can just go to a West African braider or you can just go to Auntie Sharon in the Jamaican hair shop and they are going to train you in a polite manner. Like no one has time in our community to teach another black woman how to do their hair. It's heavily like, it's like we gatekeep from each other and there is so much judgment if you are that black woman that doesn't know how to do your hair or doesn't know how to do your child's hair. So to have that on one side, and then to also know that if there is a quote unquote European hairdresser that can do your hair, you're gonna be charged through the arse for it. It's like, so help me, help me. Like, help me. (laughs) Help me. Like, don't be judgmental. Like make a pathway for this to be easier. Now I see the likes of, I don't even wanna say their names because girl, people's checks have to keep coming. So no judgment. But I see the likes of certain high street shops now like pushing in natural hair care products. But Mm. I'm like, it still isn't enough. It's not Mm. enough because the reality is, and I say this in the hair chapter, Um, when I go to black hair shops that are predominantly owned by South Asian people, the, the realistic thing is you'll push the creamy crack from the jump. It's like, you can be, you can be very, obviously you can have dreads down to your backside. They're still going to be like on your way out. Oh, do you need this? So it's like, I just feel like we're still, we still have so far to go. We do. And it's, It's such a shame that the emphasis has never been on the health of our hair. It's about manipulating it to fit a standard. Even the products that you see in those, I won't name them, Mm -hmm. (laughs) the black hair hair shops, the ones that are black owned and all that. There's, There's all kinds of stuff in these products because there's no care on how that affects black women's health. We know they're going to buy it because we know the statistics. We know that they spend all their money on getting their hair did. So they're going to come buy it regardless. Mm -hmm. So we're going to to charge it at £20 for your conditioner. Way above the average for a conditioner. And a lot of the times there's not even good stuff in there because it's not about the health of our hair. We're not taught about the health of our hair. If we was, we'd know how to take care of our hair way, way better than we do today. This is the thing, and that's a brilliant, you're so good at this, because that's a great segue to my next question, because I do want to know, (laughs) does your vegan lifestyle extend to your hair care routine? I mean, I choose to use vegan-friendly products, and because, so I was doing, because like I'm still learning to love my hair and whatnot, and I've been Mm. through a lot of ups and downs on the journey, and a lot of setbacks, Um, I had twists in before I was pregnant, but then after my pregnancy when I lost my edges I couldn't put my hair in twists anymore so I just had to let my natural hair 
be with, if I'm just mm. putting a ponytail whatever and I'm actually like learning a lot about my hair and I'm actually finding a love in it again because what I've noticed is while I was pregnant I was like so on my prenatals I was so on my mm. nutrition and after pregnancy, even though I lost my edges because of breastfeeding, I was so on making sure I had enough nutrients that in turn, my hair is actually really healthy. And it yeah. hasn't been this healthy before. Even just where I would lack iron when I was iron deficient before, I didn't realize how badly that was affecting my hair until I here I am today, not iron mm-hmm. deficient. And so my my whole lifestyle, and it, it reigns true in my mum's hair, my mum's hair is just healthy it's so healthy and that's because she lives a healthy lifestyle I'm not saying you have to like have like a the the perfect perfect everything but Mm -hmm. it's just taking those little considerations on doing the best that you can and taking care of your body and it really shows in your skin and hair health so that's been really interesting to me after pregnancy yeah, and I think for black women as well, it's always about being reminded by women that look like them how um, we do need to start prioritizing health over aesthetic. Massively. And this is, this is not like this is not the space for this conversation. But as an example, BBL culture, like plastic surgery culture right now, women are literally losing their lives to achieve a beauty standard that is inherently black anyway, but mm-hmm. now comes with like this, this borderline extremism, this very pumped up version of self. And this is not me judging because facts, if I knew I would wake up from a tummy tuck, I would be down the road. But because I'm like, oh, you just never know how you're going to react. You don't know how your body's going to bounce back. That plus I just know too many people who haven't had a great experience with plastic surgery it's like okay can we point black women in the direction of being their best self Self in a health way first exactly exactly but it's all of that and it's 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 terrifying in some respects that again it's not judgment like I would love a big booty I don't have a big (laughs) booty I have a normal booty but instead of me searching for how to have the biggest booty I want to focus on okay this is what I've got how can I work with it how how can I love what I have how can I have what I have and make it the healthiest that it can be Mm -hmm. but in today's society we don't have time for that we have to have the quick fix we have to have the quick fix that's going to look great on Instagram so it's just this scary place and it's the same with the hair that's what the relaxing your hair is like I understand why women do it and there's no judgment on that because Mm -hmm. in a lot of ways it is easier. If my hair is not curly, if it doesn't get tangled up, if it doesn't shrink when I wash it, when it gets wet, when I walk outside the house, when I go to the gym, I don't get shrinkage. And then if I don't detangle that shrinkage, it will mat and therefore mm. it will then need to be cut off. There's just so many layers, which makes sense why someone will go, I'm just going to relax my hair or I'm just going to chop it off because you know what? It needs a maintenance that I can't maintain. And that's, yeah. it's just so different in black hair that straight it's it's so like as a little girl looking at friends that could like their hair flows it moves <laughs> the wind blows and it blows with them <laughs> they just went swimming and they put their hair in a bun and they went about their day and they let it go at the end of the day and it's flowing and I'm like 
what? <laughs> literally. So Rachel's literally. like, why not me? <laughs> <laughs> and you know what? It's not just, and this shocked me, it's not just like um, wigs or weaves or wishing you had straighter or longer hair. So many women say to me, oh, I would cut my hair like yours, but I don't think I'll have waves. I don't think my hair's gonna sit like that. I'm not mm. sure about my hair. I'm like, girl, you mean to tell me down to shaving? Her? Like, I didn't think about any of that when I. <laughs> yeah. I like, I didn't. I, I was just like, I'm very much done with this portion of trying to fight this beauty standard and deal with how thick my hair is. I, God forbid, if I was sitting there thinking, oh, is my hair gonna like drop like P Diddy? Like, <laughs> but or, but even now, like down to women with shaved heads, it's it's very texturous. It's like, oh, mm. I can't do that because my hair's not gonna look like I just think oh my is there no escaping this it feels like there is not and it just like you said I think one of the biggest saviors was this whole natural hair movement yes we now know that's been like policed and changed and flipped all these things do but just to see women utilizing YouTube showing us how to detangle black hair massive game changer Massive game massive, massive. I learned so much flipping through YouTube, trying to figure out my texture, my porosity. Look, I don't know my porosity right now, but it was all interesting to learn what all these things were <laughs> and how I can use that to actually take care of my hair. I think the natural hair movement is has been amazing. Like you say, there's some things that have been hard, but some things that have been amazing. And what I see now when I go past the school down my road and I see all the black girls come out. I see natural hair. Yes. yes. <laughs> and I'm like, wow. Actually, that is that, because actually I didn't think about that. You now see black girls of all skin tones coming out of school rocking their natural hair. And that 100. is really a sight to behold because... It's- that was just not, you only rocked your natural hair when I was going to secondary school, if your natural hair fell in like the 4A, 4B, and then your cane rows were silky and you could lay your baby hair. Everyone else was just rocking weave. Because even but when you got about 15, 16, even box braids were still frowned upon because it was very much by that age. Oh, why aren't your hair straight? Like you're not a kid. Why are you wearing box braids? So now to see girls go into sixth form with box braids or rocking an afro, I'm just like, oh, Going there is past. a change. I know. Oh, look at me squealing. I'm like... <laughs> Just because we love to see it. I, I literally walk past, drive past. I'm like, yes, like clapping. The little Rachel of is like, yes, I love it. And do you know what? Again, great segue because and I always, I'm fascinated because I have a son myself. I am fascinated with this idea that so much about uh, beauty standards are questions and teachings we should be having with our sons, mm. not necessarily our daughters. I am I am obsessed with the idea that many of the strongholds, specifically black women are in about how they should look and appear and be like the Kevin Samuels rhetoric of this world. It's like, okay, so I need to be having a conversation with my son about hair and skin tone and hair texture. And I just wanted to know now that you are the mother to a son, do you see yourself wanting to have those conversations with him? Absolutely. Like I have two strong memories of, I remember when I was at Carnival and I just got back from Portugal and I had a a really beautiful tan, like I was glowing and I was with my friend who's mixed race and she's super fair skin. Mm. And these boys came over to us, they surrounded us and they looked at me and they're like, ugh, she's too dark. 
and then mm. took my friend and tried to draw as her. And I remember just being like, that was my first kind of, even though I am a fair skinned black woman, mm. I was like, wow. And that was a bunch of black boys. Yeah. And yeah, that mm-hmm. was a, a whole bunch of black boys. <laughs> and then my other experience is I, <laughs> when I was on the dating apps, I, I would do a little game to myself. I would have pictures with different hair and anyone who liked a picture where my hair was in a weave or straight, I wasn't interested. That was my little mm. test because I want a black man that is going to love me in my natural hair, in my box braids and isn't going to mm. judge me for that. So therefore those little examples are in my in my life are why I feel like it's important that my son knows his culture and yeah. isn't ashamed of it or isn't going to, what do you call it? Because I feel like there's a, there's been a big awakening on black Twitter of the self hate you know instilled in a lot of black boys and women. Oh, do you know and how what? it has I, made them be volatile to themselves? I can't even. It's got to a point with me, and not necessarily Twitter. Like my thing is TikTok. It's got to a point where Bode will pull the phone out of my hand and be like, "Okay, you're going into that like painful." like painful self-hate place mm. because my privilege and it, it's it's mad to even say that I have them my privilege as a dark-skinned black woman with a shaved head is being in a loving public relationship yeah. that is an absolute effing privilege because I am standing in a space that from birth I'm told is a space that should never be mine like yeah. you're not pretty enough you're not European enough no one's gonna love you so when I go onto Twitter or TikTok and I see black women of all skin tones because it's not just dark skin women putting me in a place where I remember how how unhinged black boys made me mm. I am so triggered Rachel like <laughs> and then I start cussing body like he's just cussed me <laughs> and he's like hold on wait a minute wait a minute why am I paying for these 15 year old boy sins please like don't do that to me because I really love you but I'm also like yeah, but there are versions of me who are still on Twitter and TikTok who are still in pain. There yeah. are versions of me who do not think that black love is attainable to them mm-hmm. because you boys lined us up, because you boys said that this version of hair is prettier or this mm-hmm. version of skin tone is prettier. Mm-hmm. And even though I'm with you and I love you back, sometimes I don't know what to do with that anger and I can feel it just oozing out of me and so I think the only way I can make myself feel better is to be really harsh with my son about some things Mm. and be like listen I can't tell you who to love but if I ever catch you pitting black women against anyone it's me and you in this yard trust me because (laughs) I I cannot bear the idea of you becoming the boy that shamed me at school yeah like I that just makes my heart so heavy. Like, yeah. sorry guys, I'm very passionate about this as you can hear, but it's a lot. It's a it's lot. Important. And- it's very important. And I do think I, I've got male friends that made awful, disgusting, volatile jokes as teenagers. And mm. I've chatted with them in in today and they've all been like, they, they've they made a little awakening in themselves because it is just self-hate on themselves and it's mm. so painful for them to even go back to see what they were saying. And it's really important for me to be like, yo, you said this, you know, and you was laughing mm. at, at this, you know. That's mm. crazy. And that was normalised. Those comments were normalised. Yeah. Like, yeah. that can't happen again and again and again. We need to change this ASAP. Yeah. 
Yeah. And it's so powerful to know that in some ways, being the mothers to black sons, we can, we can be the first port of call because I think I know of a black guy who, no, he's, he's mixed race and he bought his now wife home. Who's like my complexion. And it was like first date vibes. And when she left, like his whole family was like, you can do so much better than her. Like, why are you with a dark skinned black woman? And he ended up marrying her but it's like, wow, so this self-hate actually does sometimes start in our own households. It does. And it is sometimes a matriarchal force field. And I hate to say it, I have seen like the ending when a black boy is raised by a black woman who has self-hate in herself. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. And so then is directing her dark-skinned black son normally to then try and achieve some kind of prize that is the opposite of her. Yeah. And I it's so insane. And I know for anyone listening in who isn't black, this is like these are these are top dollar secrets we're giving you because yeah. this is a very internal community thing if you're not black you're probably not going to understand it but it is there are black women who don't want their son being with a black woman because they don't love themselves and we're just stuck in this wheel and if there's one thing I am thankful to social media for is this awakening because it's happening internationally I can see it all over the place and it's long overdue like and I think hmm. you are a that's why you're an inspiration because you you are making change and that's why so many people look up to you and it's very admirable girl don't don't start my period started this morning don't start me off, I'll just, no, honestly I'm a Pisces everyone knows I'm always ready with the tea like it doesn't take a lot it's like our oh, candies are being really nice today I will just start bawling and you know what even Bode was saying because I don't know what's been going on of late but people have been being very complimentary and he's like you need to hear that he was yeah. like black women need to hear that he's they like do. I also keep your reactions to compliments and he said you're not used to hearing them and so yeah. you get mad awkward and you're like oh not me you get very dismissive and he's like black women on a whole need to hear that their lives are inspiring or that the work they're doing is necessary because only then will we start living more boldly I think there are millions of young women who are like oh I want to do what Rachel does but it's like I I don't know if I can I don't know if I'll be loved and supported like oh can I can I write these books and rock my natural hair and so it's like even though we are still clearly dealing with the trauma of like little Candice and little Rachel it's amazing to now be part of a community that 15 year olds are looking at like right I can do this you know I can shave my head. I can have natural hair. I can be black and speak about vegan food. Like that's new. That's new because all we've been sold our entire life is like pigback. It's just like, oh, there is a new way I can run my life. So whilst I'm very thankful for your compliment, I'm sending it right back to you because I know there are people in our community looking at you like, oh, I, do you know what? I can be a popular chef. Like I can do Mm. this and we've not seen that. So I just want to, that's my little love bomb. And now I'm down to the last question and I'm annoyed because I feel like A, this could go on for two hours and B, this was more than hair. But anyway, we will come back. (laughs) (laughs) Do you have any advice for black women who are currently struggling with believing that their natural hair is beautiful? It's so hard. 
the sil- you see that silence I was like I know that silence isn't a breakdown in network I know that it's just like oh girl <laughs> because you it's so hard to teach someone who's been taught their hair is awful to then love it and I think it's kind of like but why wouldn't you love it it's it's your hair that's your unique hair don't let society choose whether or not you're gonna choose to love your own hair yeah just take care of it and and love it do whatever you want to do with it it is your hair like just that but I think one of the things that is important to me is I found this hairdresser who I love called Beverly Mm-hmm. Um, and she was the first hairdresser that looked at me when my hair was all tatted, it was all broken, all over the place, short bits, long bits, thin. And she was just looked at me and said, Rachel, your hair's beautiful. And I was like, and that was the first time someone really looked at me and said that. And I was yeah. like, what do you mean? Because in my head, my hair's awful. I'm embarrassed to be in a salon full of white women and straight hair, bouncy hair, because my hair looks like, in my opinion, like a joke. And this woman's telling me, your hair's beautiful, Rachel. And she repeated it and she repeated it. And yeah, I'm actually at a place where I'm like, you know what, I do love my hair. And I think that's what needs to happen. I think black women need to start telling more black women, young black women, young black kids, your hair is beautiful. And the more you start hearing it, the more we start accepting it and we stop trying to hide it. Oh my gosh! See, I'm mad emotional. Oh my gosh. <laughs> <laughs> Rachel, this has been an absolute pleasure. And for people listening, Rachel and I haven't even actually met yet. So hopefully, I'm going to see Rachel next week, which is a long overdue meeting. But girl, this has been this has been beyond my expectations. This conversation. So I just want to say thank you so much for giving me some of your time because I know you've got a really young baby and girl, uh, girl, I'm <laughs> having PTSD thinking about, <laughs> thinking about them early days. Like I'm shaking, like it's not a joke. So even like an hour of your time, I'm really, really grateful for. And guys listening, like I already said, um, Rachel's new book, One Pot Three Ways is coming out in August. No shame in our game. Pre-orders are so, so, so important. And I know even if if you're not black I know you were out there doing your little black square last year listen put your money where your black square is always try and support black creators because that really is what is going to make the difference so please look out for Rachel's book go and pre-order and support her and Rachel thank you so much Kelly, thank you for inviting me I'm truly so honored so thank you so much Once again, guys, thank you so much for listening to this episode, which, like I said, was meant to be about hair. And we were just gabbing like two best friends. Thank you so much to Rachel. And I want to remind you, her second book, One Pot, Three Ways, is out in August and available for pre-order now. So do get to pre-ordering because it helps authors like you would not understand. Now, if you've enjoyed this, don't forget to subscribe so you don't miss next week's episode. You can follow me on Instagram where I am at Candice Brathwaite. And if you've enjoyed this, please don't forget to rate and review as every little helps. And my new book, Sister Sister, is available to buy now in hardback, ebook and audio. Talk to you next week.
mom deserves the best, and there's no better place to shop for Mother's Day than Whole Foods Market. They're your destination for unbeatable savings, from premium gifts to show-stopping flowers and irresistible desserts. Start by saving 33% with Prime on all body care and candles. Then get a 15-stem bunch of tulips for just $9.99 each with Prime. Round out mom's menu with festive rosé, irresistible berry chantilly cake, and more special treats. Come celebrate Mother's Day at Whole Foods Market. Hi, I'm Daniel, founder of Pretty Litter. Did you know cats tend to hide symptoms of sickness and pain? I learned this the hard way after losing my cat, Gingy. So I created Pretty Litter, a health monitoring litter that helps detect early signs of illness by changing colors, saving you money and potentially your cat's life. Pretty Litter is veterinary and developed, and it's the easiest way to keep tabs on your fur baby's health right at home. Go to prettylitter.com and use code ACAST for 20% off your first order and a free cat toy. Terms and conditions apply. See site for details. Hold up. What was that? Boring. No flavor. That was as bad as those leftovers you ate all week. Kiki Palmer here. And it's time to say hello to something fresh and guilt-free. Hello, fresh. Jazz up dinner with pecan-crusted chicken or garlic butter shrimp scampi. Now that's music to my mouth. Hello? Fresh. Let's get this dinner party started. Discover all the delicious possibilities at HelloFresh.com.